Welcome to our casting of Get a Sign. I'm Chief Master Sergeant Dan Connor, your command senior enlisted leader, Oregon. This podcast is an effort to provide our Oregon National Guard service members, past and present, along with all citizens of the state, a sign from me and the Adjutant General's office before you step into the metaphoric batter's box. I plan to discuss with you pressing issues that are upon our enlisted service, as well as sharing interviews with some of our great citizen soldiers and airmen to gain insight and share best practices. So turn up your listening device and join me for what I hope is an educational and valuable few minutes. Welcome to, Welcome to episode 12. There are many reasons why it's important to know your leaders. First, it's important to know your leaders because America is based on the principle of representation. In other words, these leaders represent you. So you want to know who represents you. Second, leaders have the power to make and influence decisions, and these decisions can impact our professional quality of life. Leaders set the direction. They manage conflict, provide support, and develop their subordinates so knowing your leaders and what they stand for, as well as understanding their priorities and lines of effort, will directly impact how we execute our plans. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing our State Command Chief, Chief Master Sergeant Dominic Engel. Prior to his selection as the State Command Chief, Chief Engel was the 173rd Fighter Wing Command Chief in Klamath Falls. There, he served as the Principal Advisor to the Commander and Staff on matters of health, welfare, morale, and professional development for over 800 ANG enlisted members that were assigned to that wing. He began his military career in April of 1994 with the Air National Guard at the 162nd Fighter Wing in Tucson, Arizona as a heavy mobile vehicle mechanic. In April 2000, Chief Engel joined the Oregon Air National Guard. Then in 2003, he cross-trained into the Civil Engineering Squadron, where he served in multiple roles to include First Sergeant. Chief Engel was selected for his position as the 173rd Command Chief in October of 2018, then to his current role as our State Command Chief this year, 2021. He's volunteered for two deployments to Saudi Arabia in support of Operation Southern Watch and two deployments to Iraq in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and the Global War on Terrorism. Chief, it's a true privilege to have you here with me today. Good morning. Good morning. So let's start with your story. Who are you and what experiences have shaped your leadership style and character? Uh, that's a pretty broad question. There's, there's a, a lot throughout the course of my, um, my career that has shaped who I am today. Um, and a lot of it has to do with supervision that I've had over the years. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, one of the things that I've noticed throughout my career, it, it feels like there's always been whispers. You know, that, that's been my leadership influence or my uh, leadership influencing me um, and, and paying attention to those whispers. You know, just someone saying one day to me, um, yeah, you, you know, you really should consider being a first sergeant. Okay, I'm going to be a first sergeant. Uh, you know, you really should take a look at some of these deployment opportunities. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to go deploy and check this out and see, see what's happening down there. Um, you know, you really should uh, go in residence to the Senior NCO Academy. Yeah, you did your PME, but you really should check that out. My entire career has kind of existed with little whispers coming at me that, that I've had the opportunity first to have and then pay attention to. Um, and a lot of that has shaped who I am based on those experiences. Uh, you know, that, that deployment, being that first sergeant, um, going to a lot of the PME and education that, you know, those whispers told me I should take a look at 
has really shaped who I am. Um, I've, I've been a lot of different places and a lot of different things. I hold, you know, I've held seven different AFSCs uh, throughout my career. Um, it's been a goal of mine to try and deploy or get out and do something different or something in the operational Air Force as well as in the Air National Guard in each of those um, positions. And what that's done for me is giving me the latitude to see different perspectives, see the same job in different missions, um, and really be influenced by a multitude of different leaders and peers. And really, it's been the experience itself through that entire adventure. Um, that's my career that has really led to who I am today. Sounds like sounds like you had some <clears throat> great mentors early in life and uh, in your career, and that uh, you did the right thing and listened, which is a, a great point. Uh, agreed. Um, the the mentorship you, you mentioned is interesting to me because a lot of times we think of a mentorship as that that one leader, that one peer, that one person that kind of takes you by the hand and says, "Okay, let's sit down and talk about you and your career." Um, or, or even in your personal life, and I, I think that is that's very that's one-sided. It's it's true, and that's a good thing to have. But that's only one piece of it. Um, I see mentorship as as my responsibility in, in in a lot of ways uh, to be cognizant of what's going on around me. When I when I look at one of my peers or one of my leaders, you know, throughout my career and they do something that's highly successful and worked very well, that's something I want to grab onto and put into my leadership toolbox. If it didn't work out so well, I also want to pay attention to that, right? And make sure that I also put that in my toolbox as something not to do. Um, and, and to me, that's the, the other side of that mentorship coin. Um, and that's why it's so important for each of us to lead by example. Because we're mentoring somebody, I guarantee it, and we don't even know it. Yeah, that's true. I like that you pointed out that it was your responsibility, mm -hmm. that you didn't sit back and wait for somebody to mentor you. You're not sitting there waiting for somebody to grab you by the shoulders and point you in the right direction. In fact, you were proactive about it, and you found your mentors. I've argued this before, that I think it's important that um, that we be proactive in finding our mentors, and that we don't have to do it the hard way, that it's mm -hmm. okay to ask questions and ask for help and find the mentor. It's a great point, and I'm, I'm glad to see that it was successful. So uh, looking back at your past years in leadership roles, what organizational accomplishments are you most proud of? And what was the biggest contribution to those accomplishments? So uh, we, we had the opportunity to speak about this a little bit earlier. And this was really hard for me to kind of really pick something specific because um, I, I seen a lot of my accomplishments differently, uh, although they're they're accomplishments none the nonetheless but from different vantages uh throughout my career both as in, in leadership roles and as uh followership roles um and and that and it's provided me different vantage points of success what does that look like you know when when i was a a very young airman uh, first coming up, you know, the it's those small milestones. I'm finally getting this thing right. I can put my boots on right, and my uniform looks good, and I can actually go out there and do my job. Um, that that was huge. That was success, right? That was our team success. Um, and and as I progressed throughout my career, uh, the the one common factor I started seeing with success was team. 
was absolutely team. So it's it's really hard to pick out the one thing. Um, but it, but if I had to, it'd really be twofold. One in a followership role. Um, when I, I I became part of the civil engineering squadron uh, down at Kingsley in particular, the the entire leadership team, to include myself and a lot of the operational members, had um, transitioned. So really had a whole new team, and the workload just just grew exponentially all at the same time. So we had a lot of people that knew a lot of things, but nobody was really pulling in the same direction, right? So um, in my role, I wasn't in charge at that time. I was power production, and... Um, I, I had a place on that team, but it really wasn't a team at that point. And um, we had some things go on to where it gave me the opportunity to kind of step up and, and start talking to a lot of folks and leading laterally. Um, I've only had three people in my shop. And so you can look at that as, well, I don't really have an opportunity to lead. But nonetheless, it, it was quite the opposite. It was a great opportunity to lead and bring all these shops together to a common cause. And eventually I became the chief of CE and kind of carried that forward uh, as our workload grew. We had too much work and not enough people. Um, nevertheless, all of our folks were happy. They were happy to come to work every single day to include myself. And the accomplishment was significant. We got a lot of work done. And realistically, it's because we were all pulling, pulling that rope in the same direction. Um, so that, that was huge for me. That was a really big accomplishment. And the other part of that is actually all of my, or in the second, um, from a leadership vantage point, was uh, my deployments. Uh, we're AETC, so don't necessarily deploy as a unit. It was kind of this onesie, twosie thing. And so you know, I, I deployed as a, a master sergeant, a senior master sergeant, solo. And next thing I know, I've got a team of 200 people that have never met each other in their entire lives. Uh, different ranks, different experience, different backgrounds. And the opportunity to leverage, figure out what those backgrounds were and leverage that experience um, to successfully navigate the, um, the requirements in a deployed environment. And, and that was an environment that was, it was a hostile environment. And to be able to pull a team together to accomplish that, six months later, we walked in as individuals, and then we or we walked in as individuals, and six months later, we walked out as a team. And I felt like there was nothing we couldn't accomplish. To me, that was huge. That that's probably one of my biggest accomplishments, and and I've had the opportunity to do that multiple times. And so that's where it nests into one of my current priorities of fostering a team. You know, fo excuse me, focusing on team. Um, I, I think if we can figure out, each of us, how to do our part to build a bigger, better team, it, there's nothing we can't do. That's great. I, I see the theme. I, I appreciate the theme. It sounds like collaboration is important to you and that building teams, maintaining teams is important. And that, and that is going to lead to our success. So that's great. a great point. Thanks for bringing that all up. So um, what are General Prigmore, Brigadier General Prigmore's priorities? And explain how your lines of effort uh, nexus with those priorities. Sure. So she has uh, four formal priorities listed. And uh, the interesting thing about her priorities, it predominantly revolves around people. And um, when we're looking at her first priority of executing mission, both state and federal, or state and federal mission, um, 
her priority is to make sure that our airmen are organized, trained, and equipped to do so. And um, which, which follows into the second priority of making sure that what she calls the triad, uh, which is the airmen, the family member, family and employer, are organized, trained, and equipped so that we can accomplish our mission. Um, and making sure, following that down, making sure that um, our recruiting efforts that we're retaining, um, our, our recruiting and retention is adequate to support the above. Um, we need to make sure that we're taking care of our people so that we're not losing people out the back door faster than we can bring them in the front door. Uh, she had published a goal of 102 percent, uh, which is very ambitious uh, for our recruiting staff. Um, but I think we're doing a pretty good job of getting there. Uh, one of one of the things that is very important to her and, and me as well is allowing our airmen to innovate. Uh, innovation is huge. We we understand that the way we did business in the past isn't necessarily going to work moving to the future. And nesting that under my priorities of building team is it's important in that empowerment model. Um, as as we move forward, it, it's important that our airmen are heard and we give them the platforms to be heard. And we empower them to um, say what they need to say and, and offer up their ideas, respectfully, of course, right? Um, and the, the way that plays out as well with our, with our senior leader model and how we're empowering our senior leaders and educating and developing them is that all of our senior NCOs, and I, I would offer um, our, our officers alike, our senior officers alike, need to understand that it's important that we surround ourselves with differing opinions. If I surround myself with, with airmen, with members that think alike, that think like me, that, um, you know, yeah, we always win, the table always leaves an agreement because we got there in agreement, then we're not innovating, we're not moving forward. And in actuality, we're, we're stagnant or actually moving backwards. And that, that's something that's very important to General Prigmore and very important to me as well. You can see there where uh, the the importance and the value of diverse thought and diverse crowd is very important. Yes. And how my priorities, my priorities are, are pretty simple, threefold. And one is uh, take care of people, um, deliberate development, and focus on team. And really, I think, Within my priorities, you know, there's there's a lot of connection between the three of them, but I think they nest well underneath um, her priorities in that my ambition is to make sure that we're focusing and taking care of our airmen, and sometimes that means um, giving them what they need, not necessarily what they want. Um, I, I think that's that's important that we know our people well enough to understand what their needs are, and then develop and educate them to be our future leaders. They, we should not be uh, waiting till someone becomes a senior NCO to teach them how to lead. We should be teaching them to lead right out of the gate. We should be showing them, giving them something to emulate, and we should, develop, we should be developing them to understand our, our, our core competencies and culture so that they can step in a, a leadership role at any given time. And then, excuse me, finally, 
as we start focusing on teams, we touched on that a little bit before, um, where my mentality is driven from that, that team focus. But also one of the TAG's priorities, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is um, making sure that we're building bench. we got to build a bench behind us. And that bench can't be just warm bodies. Those have to be educated, well-rounded, and experienced airmen ready to step in at every, any given moment. And that's where that empowerment piece comes in. We have to empower our airmen at the correct level. Not too high, not too low, but we need to make sure that we're giving them what they need to be successful and be educated leaders for our future. Yeah, perfect. Great answer. Uh, as you know, the, uh, the strategic approach that uh, General Stencil has published along in collaboration with the land component and their component has three lines of effort. Those lines of effort, for those that don't know, are readiness, uh, relevance, and resiliency. And so within those, I can see that General Prigmore has has ensured that her priorities nest within those, and then yours on top or inside of that. And so that's perfect. That's exactly how this should work. I appreciate that. Great answer. All right. Uh, here's a simple one. What's one piece of advice that you could give any service member, regardless of rank or position? <laughs> Well, the I would I would say I actually have a couple things I'd like to offer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the first thing that was actually the most beneficial advice ever given to me was from my first supervisor, and he told me, uh, "He's all you've got two eyes, two ears, and one mouth, all right? Uh, you know, nature, God, whatever, whatever you believe in, prioritize that for you. Uh, you you should understand that and use them accordingly." Uh, he also told me never uh, pass up an opportunity to keep your mouth shut, <laughs> keep your ears open, your eyes open, watch, learn, listen. Um, sometimes we have a tendency to want to speak more before we've listened, and we don't necessarily always know what we're talking about, um, or we don't necessarily have the whole story. And, and that's been huge for me. I talked about whispers throughout my career, and I, I think that nests and ties very well to what's helped make my career successful is understanding that I've got to keep looking and I've got to keep listening. I, I, I've got to be able to understand and hear those, those, those influences that are, that are being um, offered to me. And so that, that was really huge for me um, and really helped, I would say, form even today. I, I got to tell myself, okay. And you don't necessarily need to be speaking, but you do need to be listening. Um, so that that was huge for me, and that, that's something that I would very readily pass on. Um, and then also, you know, when when we're when we're looking at um, opportunities, um, you know, we talked earlier about that mentorship thing, right? Understanding that you're responsible for your career. Nobody else. Nobody else is responsible for it. Um, we have to be proactive in actually listening and looking for those opportunities. It's not anybody else's responsibility to do that for you. Um, your leadership will offer you those whispers, will give you that advice, but you have to be looking for it and be ready to accept it. Yeah, good. Good. That's that's great advice, Chief. Um, so let's go to this last question I have, and it is, what's going to be your biggest goal for the first year in this position? <clears throat> My uh, predecessor set us up pretty well, uh, Chief Mark McDaniel, um, retired Chief Mark McDaniel. 
in in regards to what we know now as force management. And a lot of that has to do with uh, timeline management and making sure that we're progressing our people at the correct grades, at the correct time, uh, in the correct locations, and making sure we're considering different statuses and timelines for that. Um, and I think he did an amazing job doing that. Um, now, when I think force management, I think that is a piece of the puzzle. Um, I think it's time to build on top of that. I think it's time to start looking very deliberately at talent management and um, force development as um, the other three pieces of that puzzle to complete that force management model. Um, often we find amazing airmen that are doing amazing things in elevated positions. They're, they're the right people at the right place, but they're there at the wrong time. And, part of, and that's part of that talent management consideration and making sure that our folks are educated and that we've got the right people in the right place at the right time. Um, I think that helps with our session model, making sure that we're not creating roadblocks across the force, encouraging opportunity to as many airmen as we possibly can, and making sure that nobody becomes stagnant in any one position for too long. Um, and again, that, that, that breeds that opportunity model. Uh, when we start staying too long in one position, uh, we start becoming the roadblock for the airmen behind us. So we need to make sure that we're seeking out and educating uh, to that entire model of what force management could be. Yeah, and force management's a difficult topic. Um, obviously, there are times that it becomes very emotional. And uh, I think you're right. I think Chief McDaniel did a really good job of setting us up for the future. And uh, and maybe now is the time that we massage that for mm -hmm. our, our next generation. And uh, you're obviously the right person for that. And I appreciate you being here. You know, we talked about before we came in here, and I know that was supposed to be my last question, but we talked about before we came in here to the studio, we talked about the general's uh, general stencil's motto, every soldier, every airman, a leader. And you and I talked about how when we when you wrap that you get that wrapped around your head, when you finally when you finally understand what he meant by that, uh, it's it's can be somewhat profound. Can you share a little bit about your perspective of that motto? So I, I absolutely love that that uh, term, every airman a leader. <clears throat> um, they there's times when I'll, I'll be uh, visiting the units, um, some of our units, and some of our shops are very small, one, two, three deep. I was like, Chief, what do you mean every airman a leader? Uh, I'm in this shop by myself, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm a senior NCO, but I'm in this shop by myself. I manage a process. What the heck am I leading, right? Yeah, you're leading that process, and if you're a senior NCO leading a process, it's usually a profound process, right? Uh, something that's relatively important to our missions. Uh, but... If, if we're not leaving our shops and leading laterally and influencing our peers and being influenced by our peers, then we're failing. We're not leading. Uh, we have an opportunity. We always have an opportunity to lead. There's, there's outside organizations, our, our jinks, our sinks, our chiefs' councils, the Iangor, Iangas. Um, there, there's a, a multitude of opportunities for us to lead. If we're in a one-deep shop or we're in a small shop, then it, it – it's actually more important that we look for those opportunities because we're passing up and failing uh, as leaders if we're not looking for opportunities to lead. The, the other side of that, of course, is we, we, have, we have airmen out there that are leading, leading large shops, large areas, um, giving that opportunity for others to lead, 
that, that empowerment model, making sure that our folks are empowered at the right level uh, to make decisions, support them and let them go. Let them do their jobs as NCOs and senior NCOs. Um, allow them to become the NCOs and senior NCOs that they have the potential to be. But they never will if we don't empower them and let them lead. So I, I, I think that there, there's a lot of facets to every airman a leader. And when you really start thinking about it, it, it really doesn't matter if you're in a followership position because you got to be a good follower to be a good, you know, to be a good leader as well. Um, you, you can't lead anybody if you don't know how to follow in the first place. And it, there, there's a lot of aspects that go well beyond just the, my, my position in my shop. If, if we're a leader in an organization, then it doesn't matter what your AFSC is. You're leading airmen. And sometimes those airmen are those appointed over us. Sometimes we're leading up as well and influencing the decisions of our, uh, of our uh, leaders appointed above us. And that's huge. That's important. Um, and, and I think that, that that phrase captures that very well. Yeah. Yeah, great. I think so, too. I think that uh, at a minimum, we uh, lead by example from all grades. No matter what my grade or position is, I can lead by example. And that is I execute our core values, my dress and appearance, those things. I, I lead by example. And if I want to lead at the next highest level or influence things at a higher level, then I belong to associations and organizations that uh, have my voice and have my, my, um, my quality of life, professional life in, in, in their interest. And, um, and so I agree with everything you said. That is, that is exactly where I think you and I, when we were talking earlier, where we came to that conclusion that it is really a, a great and profound um, motto and that, we, uh, and that we all need to live by that. I think that's, that's good for us all. So with that, I'd like to say thank you for spending a few minutes with me today and allowing me to introduce you here to the, to the rest of the team. Getting to know you is an important part of ensuring our success and better executing our objectives. And with that, I think I'll close the book on this episode of Get a Sign. Thanks, Chief. Innovation doesn't just come from senior leaders and CEOs. Team members at all levels can provide that next new idea. I encourage all of you listening to send your suggestions for topics on this podcast to me at daniel.connor at us.af.mil. In closing, I'd like to thank the Oregon National Guard Public Affairs Office for producing this podcast. Never forget, every soldier, every airman, a leader. This is Chief Connor signing off. <laughs>